0: A minute, I thought I was finished. When I would ask the I thought it was ready. Welcome to the For the Throne Dynasty Podcast. Starring your defending champion Randy of House Sanarelli, Ryan of House Palmer, Logan of House Meyer, Tyler of House Para, Danny of House Slatkey, Jake of House Hollyfield, Andy of House Pollock, Michael of House Slatkey. Justin of House St. Peter, Steve of House Ellinger, Garrett of House Sturkin, and will of House Larson. If you have watched Game of Thrones before in your life, you saw in the finale of the series, a specific dragon flew off into the distance and we never saw them again. Well, what happened to my good friend Justin this week?
1: I'm the Lord of the Vale. When I grow up, I'll be able to fly anybody who bothers me.
0: Or you, when we get married, you can tell me if you don't like somebody, and then we can bring them back here and whoosh right through the moon door. So him and my girlfriend Abby were thrown through the moon door. But our good friend Drogon came to Justin's rescue and swooped him from midair as he was thrown out of the moon door by Robin Aaron and brought him right here to the recording studio for For the Throne Dynasty podcast. The show lives on. How was that flight?
1: Uh, It was was eventful. I'm sad that I had to be thrown through the moon door this week, but uh, getting a ride on Drogon was a lot of fun and terrifying. I will (laughs) say that as well.
0: (laughs) So you had a score of 58.6 this week in the Gulag. Abby had a score of 54.46. I did feel kind of bad because she had James White. And James White, just absolutely tragic situation that happened this week. Um, feel for him. Badger alum. And I know Russell Wilson had like a really nice uh, conversation at the end of his game on Sunday night about James White and how good of a person he is. Just overall sad. That was Abby's mm-hmm. last player. She had Devontae Booker on her bench. And... I didn't even know that Devontae Booker had like eight and a half points last week. So I called her. She was on walk and I said, Hey, you need to probably pick someone up. Uh, your running back was just ruled out. So uh, she actually dropped Devontae Booker and picked up JJ Taylor. JJ Taylor had like, I think negative 0.1 points. Uh, but I looked and Devontae Booker would not have saved her anyways. So uh, she was kind of SOL. Who are the players that really struggled for you this week that force you to go out of the moon door?
1: Uh, Well, Drew Locke uh, had had negative 1.4 and then got hurt and was out for the rest of the game. So I had negative from my QB spot. David Johnson gave me nothing. He gave me like 4 to 5 points after having 17 the week before. Uh, And then because you picked up all the tight ends on waivers, (laughs) uh, I had to start Ryan Griffin from the Jets after I Went and spent a bunch of money on Jack Doyle, and he got hurt. And Ryan Griffin got me zero. So I got zero from my defense as well. So I got zero from my defense, my tight end, and I got negative from my QB. <laughs> and my top running back got me four. And that was what it took for me to be thrown out the moon door.
0: Not good at all. Now, my roster consisted of, and going into the week, I'm like, there's 0% chance I'm going to survive with this. I'm like, okay, I do have Carry on who scored like one and a half points, uh, I had Peyton Barber who was coming off like a nine point game because he actually, I think it was even more than that. Cause he fell in the end zone twice. So uh, I was like, so excited about that. Um, but then <laughs> Jameson Crowder got ro- ruled out and I had to pick up Braxton Berrios who was on the jets practice squad until Friday. They call him up. He gets a late garbage time touchdown. That was big for me. I also had four tight ends on my roster as you mentioned. I had Dawson Knox to start the year. I also picked up Mo Ali Cox. I picked up Dalton Schultz and I picked up Jordan Reed. And I was going back and forth for about an hour and a half of which two tight ends I was going to start because I had to start two. I ended up going with Mo Ali Cox and Dawson Knox and Dawson Knox did nothing for me. Jordan Reed had like 25 points on my bench. Dalton Schultz had like 20 points on my bench. Luckily, Mo Alley-Cox came to play. I'm safe, and I just picked up Cooper Cup and James White from waivers.
1: Yeah, if I had one of those four tight ends, I would have probably been safe. So thank you. Thank you for that. (laughs) Not salty at all.
0: (laughs) So let's go through some of the gulag waivers that happened this week. So first of all, oh, my God, Andy spent 2 of her budget six hundred and sixty six dollars on david johnson yikes uh <laughs> they got a tough opponent this week so uh david johnson obviously gonna get all the work there in houston but yeah two thirds on david johnson and her team just lost christian mccaffrey so that's not good i dropped no. three hundred and two dollars on cooper cup i outbid the next person by like 150 bucks so, I was not too happy about that. I still do have $667 left of my budget. But uh, Cooper Cup was a good. I mean, he's been off to a really rough season so far. So, I'm really hoping that he can get his crap together.
1: I think Cooper Cup's a pretty good ba- uh, pickup. David Johnson was so good for my team week one. And week two is so disappointing. And going against that Pittsburgh defense, I do not like him
0: this week. So, good luck, Andy. And then Caleb from our league picked up Lamar Jackson and dropped $721. <laughs> I, I literally was texting Billy about this on Monday. I'm like, dude, if Lamar gets dropped, I have Ben Roethlisberger right now. I'm not going to even put in a bid. And I didn't because I'm like, there's no way, first of all, I'm going to get him for less than 100 bucks. I don't really find it beneficial for me to drop a ton of money on him when I can find a QB that at least – Puts up a solid performance, and Pittsburgh's off to a great start. to playing Houston's trash defense now, so uh, that was a really yikes move in my eyes.
1: Yeah, um, his team is solid, and I know he didn't have a QB. He was the one that survived with Tyrod getting hurt um, pregame. Shout out to the Chargers, Chargers incredible team doctor. Um, but uh, yeah, like seven hundred and twenty-one dollars on Lamar Jackson. Good luck.
0: Now Sam, she dropped two hundred dollars so a fifth of her budget on Dallas Goddard. Uh, do you think that was a bit of an overpay? I think you may be to blame as well.
1: I uh, yeah, maybe to blame on that one. But uh, Dallas Goddard's a really, really good tight end. She won another tight end. Probably it was too much money. I thought that was going to be. A, I thought people were going to be in a bidding war for him, but didn't turn out that way.
0: <laughs> in the last pretty beneficial or uh, impactful signing, I should say was jake he picked up miles gaskin and he spent 109 dollars on miles gaskin who's actually had a really really solid season so far Uh, it's really weird though in miami because they really have a three-headed approach with miles gaskin jordan howard and matt Breda. so um getting into the end zone once is big for gaskin it seems like he's gotten all like the early down work which is big um and i know that they like him more down there in miami Yeah,
1: um, I really like Miles Gaskin down in Miami right now I was was huge on Matt Breida going into the year I definitely thought Breida was the best back there Didn't really know too much about Gaskin But throughout all of the Snap counts and everything so far He is looking pretty darn good, that's a good pickup
0: So yes, we are now down to 28 teams left in the Gulag Um, Looking at our league, I think we have like 5 or 6 members That are still alive in the league So, uh, Randy opted out. You got eliminated. Little Slads isn't in it. Spaceballs isn't in it. Will's not in it. So, uh, looking forward to seeing how this continues to go. Hopefully, I can keep surviving so I don't get thrown out of the moon door. (laughs) Let's move on to cookies. C is for cookie. That's good enough for me. Oh, cookie, cookie, cookie starts with C. All right, so looking at cookies here, let's take a look at the week two cookies. So we'll go position by position. You want to start or you want me to start this week?
1: Go for it. You got this.
0: All right, so starting with the quarterback. Well, two weeks in a row, the cookie goes to Russell Wilson, Mr. Unlimited, maybe the front earner right now for MVP. Randy gets another cookie with Russell Wilson, who scored – 43.42. 43.42. Again, as I just mentioned, that's his second cookie of the season.
1: Damn. All right, so then we move on to Ryan. Uh, Alvin Kamara gets his first cookie of the year with a 38.4 point performance. Uh, was helped big greatly in garbage time towards the end, but he had a really, really good game for the Saints on Monday Night Football. Um, And then the second cookie goes to... Aaron Jones of the Packers with the top running back score and the top scorer of the week um, on Jake Cascade Bears' team with 45.6 points. He dominated that terrible Lions defense.
0: Moving on to the wide receivers, second cookie of the season, Calvin Ridley. Jake, now do you see why I want him so bad or wanted him? (laughs) So, Just a little, yeah. Yeah, Calvin Ridley with a 29.9-point performance. Our second cookie goes to Stefan Diggs, who has been an absolute steal this year in a lot of redraft leagues with Buffalo off to a great year, and it also helps that Josh Allen's very, very good. <laughs> so Danny mm-hmm. gets the c- cookie for Stefan Diggs with
1: 29.3. We'll move on to the tight end position where Sterk, uh joins the rankings with Darren Waller's top performance on Monday Night Football. That was a good uh, game for fantasy purposes. Darren Waller had 28.3 to be the top tight end played this week.
0: Moving on to the flex then. We have one running back and one wide receiver. Let's start with once again a cookie going to Randy. Nick Chubb gets his first of the year with a 26.3 point performance. Second, let's move on to lefty. Let's do a backflip. For Julian Edelman. He had the best game of his career yardage-wise for New England. They he was gassed like the entire fourth quarter. They were using him so much. It's clear that him and Cam definitely have some kind of chemistry there. Julian Edelman with a 25.9 point performance.
1: Yeah, that was a great game. Then we move on to back to Case Cascade Bear. Uh, where his kicker, Young-Ho the legend, the onside kick legend, also had a great week fantasy-wise for kicking field goals and extra points, even though the Falcons had a really tough loss. Uh, Koo had 17 points from the kicker spot this week.
0: Isn't it ironic that Young-Ho is the onside kick legend and the Falcons essentially lost on a ridiculous onside kick?
1: It is it is pretty ironic, yeah.
0: Moving on to the defensive line, the cookie goes to because he is defensive line eligible, T.J. Watt, to Stark, with an eleven point performance.
1: Yeah, he was he was impressive. Uh, we move on to the linebacker spot, where Andy breaks through and gets her first cookie of the year with Zach Cunningham, the linebacker, with fifteen and a half
0: points. And then we move on to another first-time cookie. Will gets a cookie with Antoine Winfield Jr. He was flying all over the field this week. He also put up 15 and a half points in Tampa Bay.
1: That one makes me a little sad. I had him and I traded him. Um, then the last one cookie of the week two goes back to Lefty. Where Levante David, the linebacker, got
0: him 14 points. Let's take a look at the scoreboard for Team Cookies right now. We have Amelia Clark fan at the top with four, Team Backflip and Bigfoot Experiences also with four. And then with three, so tied for fourth, we have Fresh Prince of Hilaire and Fuller House. And then tied at seventh. We have Madison Beer Fan Club and Lamar and Friends. And then we also have a uh, four-way tie at eight with King Henry's Kingdom. The kick is Gould. Do I have a pulse? No. And Mrs. Burrow. And then dun, 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 hit that Price is Right horn. Spaceballs, the FFT, still has zero cookies on the year. Looking at the cookie score for week two, It was 340, topping week one's score of 330.3. We'll be right back to talk a little bit about this past NFL week. Everybody
1: has to have an alter ego, right? And and I've been thinking about what my alter ego would be, and I, I, I think I
0: have an alter ego.
1: His name, his name's Mr. 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 Unlimited. You you gotta be unlimited. You you gotta have a thought process of being unlimited. So when people ask you, you know, what you're thinking about or what you want to do in life or where you want to go, you gotta be unlimited. Tell them, I'm unlimited. You know what I mean? So when they ask you certain questions like, Who brings you motivation, Russell? Mr. Unlimited. Unlimited.
0: So let's recap this past NFL Week 2. Starting with my boys in Los Angeles, the Chargers. And holy shit, what came out in the news today pissed me off more than Justin Herbert refusing to run with 20 yards to spare. So it came out that one of the Chargers team doctors was... Trying to give him, what was it, just like a painkiller through injection? Yeah, t-
1: painkiller shot in his ribs to Tyrod Taylor at starting QB.
0: And he fucking punctured his lung. Like, the Chargers have been very well known over the last couple of years. Not last couple of years, probably last 20 years. To uh, not have the best strength and conditioning program. Not have the best team doctors. I mean, think about how much I complain, and you hear it. About how many how many of like our key players are hurt. Like, all the time. It's just Mm -hmm. so freaking inept. And it just pissed me off to see that. Herbert's going to get the start. Tyrod's now going forward week to week. I know Lynn was saying that if Tyrod is healthy, he's their guy. My opinion, I think he was just kind of saying that because he has respect for Tyrod. He probably knew the ramifications of the injury. And he has the respect, so he just kind of doesn't want to throw him under the bus or just, you know... Go with the rookie, even though in training camp and so forth, they have been talking about how much Tyrod is the guy. Yeah.
1: I don't know if you heard um, PMT did it from this episode today. I just saw, I've just heard the beginning, yep, but pretty hear, much I they were talking yet, about but... uh, pretty much. They were just talking about how when you have a quarterback and the first thing anybody can say about you is about how nice of a guy you are. That's awesome. But you're probably not a great NFL quarterback.
0: Yeah. He's mediocre and, at best.
1: Yeah. And they're saying like he's a great backup, but he's not like the the option for LA, or LA. And they knew that, and that's why they went and drafted Justin Herbert. And I think you're now on the Herbert train for sure.
0: Bought myself an authentic jersey. So
1: shitty. That is just so shitty. Yeah. Wow.
0: Um, I mean, they barely beat the Bengals in Week One with Tyrod. They nearly beat the Chiefs with Herbert. Uh, Chiefs always have trouble with the Chargers. It's been that way for years. Um obviously, when they are good, too. But, uh, I mean, that was that was good to see them very competitive. Uh, I know you think that they should have passed the ball. I've heard, like, mixed, but it seems like a lot more people said they would have gone for it on their own 30-yard line, by the way. Don't forget about that. Uh, on fourth and one, a lot of people were saying they should have pitched it to Eckler on the outside. Okay, maybe it would have worked. Uh, I know that the Chiefs, you know, want to put the ball in Patrick Mahomes' hand. But also they were winning at that point, right? Yeah, they were winning. That was
1: an overtime. That was an overtime when they did that.
0: Ah, well. So
1: that's a lot of the advanced stats and everything. And I, my immediately thought as soon as they brought the punt team out in the field is like, all right, Anthony Lynn is playing to lose this game. Um, I like him as a coach, but that was a very conservative decision. And yes, you would have had some people um, look at him weird if you would have tried to go for it. But at the same time, you what, what is it, old Herm Edwards quote? You play to win the game. The Chargers did not at that point. Patrick Mahomes was on fire. He did not have that great of a game because the Chargers rush was all in his face all game and hit him so many times. That was the first time I've ever seen Patrick Mahomes get hit that much. But turn the fourth quarter, he turned it on. He brought him back to that drive. You do not want to give Patrick Mahomes the ball or the chance to win a game. And when he has unlimited time, Chargers did, and Harrison Butker, holy cow, that's yep. uh, <laughs> Number two kicker in the league right now because that was impressive. That was one from 53 and then two from 58 because of timeouts and penalties. Made all three, and the Chiefs won it. That was an impressive kicking performance. Yeah,
0: yeah sad. I mean, they're one and one still a lot of, a lot of battle. They should easily handle the Panthers this week. If they don't, even with her, I'm going to be so pissed off. Uh, Panthers' defense is atrocious. It is on Vikings level. So, insane amount of injuries as well. Uh, Big ones coming into the running back. Saquon done for the year. Torn ACL. Christian McCaffrey, high ankle sprain. He's on IR now. It's looking like a four to six week injury. And to be honest, a lot of people that come back from high angles, they're not themselves for like two or three weeks. So I'm mm-hmm. curious about that. Uh, Sutton as well. He was a little banged up. He, he plays in this game and then he tears his ACL. So he's done for the year. Uh, what else? What am I missing?
1: Uh, the 49ers had an incredible oh defensive line and they had both of their starting defensive ends. Nick Bosa, not sorry, not Nick Bosa, Joey. No, yep, it wasn't Nick, Nick Bosa. Bosa. Yeah. Yep, Nick Bosa. Uh, and Solomon Thomas, they both tore their ACLs. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be out a few weeks with um, an ankle injury. They also lost two of their their top two running backs, Tevin Coleman and Raheem Mostert. Who will be out a few weeks. Um, Paris Campbell with a severe knee injury, but he'll be out about six weeks. Uh, Drew Locke, severe shoulder injury, which screwed over my gulag team. But he's also the face of the young Denver Broncos. Um, he's got uh, he'll be out a bunch of weeks.
0: Devonte Adams. Uh, I know. I don't. We don't know. Adams he might not play this week. They,
1: he might not play this week, but there. This is more injury maintenance. He pulled it a little bit, and they he he wanted to go back in. And They're like, "No, nah, we're winning by a lot. You can you can chill." Um. There was more. Dawson Knox just, concussion. Dawson, Dawson Knox concussion. Um, C.J. Uzoma, the Bengals tight end, uh, torn Achilles. Um, so yeah, there was just a ridiculous amount of injuries that really screwed over a bunch of fantasy teams this week. And they're, uh, before I say that Screwed over the player in their career And the teams that they actually play for too yep. um, Yeah it was, it was really, really rough for Injury wise
0: uh, Packers absolutely dominated again They scored 40 again uh, Their offense <laughs> Doesn't look like it's taken a, a step backwards That's for sure um, I know a lot of people were very Questionable about Matt LaFleur I don't know if those question marks still exist what, what does it seem – I know you as a Packer fan, you watch every single game. You read a lot about tweets and, you know, articles and such. What is it that makes people question Matt LaFleur the most?
1: Um, I think it was the fact that he was – he didn't have the greatest experience in, like, offenses with great quarterbacks. He was more of, like, a run-heavy yeah. coach. Um, and they're like, well, you have Aaron Rodgers and you have Defante Adams. Why do you want to go run-heavy so much? And last year we saw because Aaron Jones is a monster. He's so good. But then they went this year and they decided to go get offensive linemen for depth and stuff, but they never went and got the receiver that Aaron Rodgers has so desperately needed to go yep. next to Devonte Adams. Lazard's a good possession guy.
0: MVS has looked scantling. good too.
1: And he has. And Valdez Scantling is a deep threat who is can do the deep threat well, but he's very inconsistent and he did not play well last year. And – in my, including myself, were very disappointed they didn't go out and get pass catchers and instead they went and tried to play the Matt LaFleur style of football, which is ground, run the ball as much as you possibly can. Which, with the personnel that they got, it is a really good strategy. I don't think they're going to have Aaron Jones next year after drafting A.J. Dillon and they don't have that much money left over. But uh, right now, you can't say much wrong about him. Um, Aaron. Aaron Rodgers, we're loving that Aaron Rodgers is so fired up right now, too. I hated the Jordan Luke. I think he's a good player, but if if that's what it took to motivate Aaron Rodgers, I'll start uh, changing my opinion a little bit, because Aaron Rodgers is fired up, and he is ready to play every game. He uh, went to the sideline bitching Matt LaFleur out for calling a timeout on a play that they would have had probably close to a touchdown on, and they settled for a field goal. The very next the very next series, Aaron Rodgers went down the field and they scored again. <laughs> uh, their, their defense has some question marks, especially up front without Kenny Clark. Uh, if they get a really top run game and they're going to be facing the Saints this week, Alvin Kamara is going to have a field day. Uh, that concerns me. But their offense is looking really, really good, and that is fun to watch.
0: I think it's going to come down to either paying Aaron Jones or David Bakhtiari. And my opinion is I'll sign Bakhtiari any day of the week over Aaron Jones. Thoughts?
1: Absolutely. When you you have an all-pro left tackle in his 20s, you do whatever the fuck it takes to to sign him. I love Aaron Jones, but if it's Jones or Bakhtiari, Bakhtiari every day of the week.
0: Falcons had an absolutely epic collapse. You thought 28-3 to three was bad? This may have been worse, and I'm not kidding you. Even with Mike McCarthy's head up his own fucking ass. So, my dude, McCarthy is an idiot. He did not change anything clearly with the year off um, in terms of his play style. And that onside kick, which, by the way, it was so funny because one of the announcers was talking about, like, oh, you know, I've – I haven't seen one of those kicks in a while where they, they lay it on the side or whatever he said, and then, the dude, and then Zerline does it, kicks it, and it literally rolls past four different Falcons. They could have picked it up at any moment. Don't tell me that they didn't know that. If you're an NFL player, you know that. Like, unless yeah. literally they don't even talk about rules or don't read the rule book. So, uh, And then you see all the Cowboys just jump on it. Like Julio Jones and Hayden Hurst were out there and just watched the ball go past them that's inexcusable and then they drive down they kick field goal win the game
1: that looked like it was more of instinct because the cowboys knew the rule like they knew they couldn't touch it for 10 yards so they literally ran up to it and were just standing around it and even if the falcons knew the rule if you run up if someone runs up to you and is watching something but won't touch it human nature you're gonna want to just relax and see what the hell's going on i think that's what happened but like that was that was inexcusable the falcons had a 15 point lead with five minutes left and lost in in regulation they had cowboys had at least three if not four turnovers in the first half and the 15 point lead with five minutes left and the falcons still choked now falcons fans will probably tell you the super bowl choke was worse but this is right on par with how bad that was that was just incredible
0: dan quinn's job may be gone sooner rather than I, later
1: Dan Quinn fought like hell to keep his job last year Yeah, but when you fight like, like I heard this too when you fight like hell to keep your job the year before it's not like you come into with a brand new clean slate like oh it's a brand new contract brand new deal everything no he does not have a brand new deal <laughs> he is still fighting for his job each and every week and to be honest if he makes it through the year that's going to be incredible their offense is so good their defense is so bad <laughs>
0: <laughs> Those Chicago Bears bear down. They're two and zero. They've also played the Giants and the fucking Lions. I don't think anything of it. Some people have said that Trubisky looks good. Literally, throw Tim Boyle out there. He'll look good against the Lions. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, but, <laughs> they barely Tim beat Boyle the and- Giants.
1: The Bears could very well be zero and two, and the Bears are two and zero. Both games. Uh, the Lions had a drop touchdown pass. The Giants had a touchdown pass that was called back because Golden Tate pushed off. Both of those games, the Bears could have easily lost, and instead they're two and zero. Say what you want about Trubisky, he's he's had plenty of his ups and downs. He turns it on when he has to this year, and that is a skill as is it. That is a skill by itself for a QB. You'd love it if you would have it all the time, like you know, like Lamar Jackson, Pat Mahomes kind of guys. But if you can just turn it on when you need to, that's you can win some games that way, and that's what the Bears have been lucky with. Uh, I think the Bears' schedule gets a little tougher this week, so we'll see if they're legit or not.
0: Seahawks-Patriots game, one for the ages. They always have great games in primetime. We had the uh, the invisible push-off last time, and then we obviously had the Super Bowl. You're at the one-yard line, throw the ball, Yikes. So that game was crazy. Uh, Abby and I were laughing about it also because we loved, they had like that screen and like all the players could like run up to it and like do like show offs and like showboating and stuff like that. I it was just kind of funny. Um, and you know, Russell Wilson, absolutely freaking cooking. His touchdown pass to Tyler Lockett was unfreaking believable. That window was so small. Uh, You know, for not receiving a single MVP vote to this day still makes zero sense to me. I think Russ is the early MVP favorite. What do you think about that?
1: I 100% agree. Uh, Russ is the MVP favorite, probably with Josh Allen and Kyler Murray right behind him, in my opinion. Yeah, Josh Allen Um, was my second one. Yeah, Russell was just, oh, my God, he was so good. And Cam Newton played out of his mind, too, and it didn't even matter because Russell Wilson was just on another level. It was. I didn't see much of that game, but holy cow! He just any throw he wanted, he had it in the bag. Um, that let Russ cook um, hashtag that the Seahawks fans did kind of uh, think as more of like a niche thing. It made it to Sunday Night Football. It's on trending on Twitter every time Russell Wilson plays. If he he will get at least one MVP vote this year, yeah. just off these two games alone. As long as he stays healthy this year, he will just get off of these two games alone. He's been that good. I might be in incompletions on the year right now. (laughs) What? (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) I might be in the minority on this, but I think that that play call by the Patriots was actually a good call. I just don't think that they should have done it right up, like right up the gut. Also, if you saw, um, I don't remember who it was, but someone tripped them up. Did you see that? Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, that was a solid call. You Um, know, you like, it's so obvious that whenever it's been in the five yard line, they're going to run that exact same package. If you're the defense, you know it's coming, and yet no one can stop it. The only reason it was yeah. stopped is his, his own teammate this time.
1: It worked three other times in that game, when they varied it up a little bit, but it worked three other times. Why not go back with what's working when you have a QB that's incredible at those short runs? I did not mind that play call at all. That was a good play call. It's just the Seahawks' defense was ready for it, and they actually stopped it, and that was, that was a really, really good play.
0: Do you believe Cam is back, or do you think it's just kind of the system?
1: I think he's back. He was, He's not been healthy for about two and a half years now. He was an MVP-level QB. Um, Randy has got a killing at his quarterback spot this uh, now in, uh, for the throne. But Cam, it, Cam is legit, and I would not be surprised if the Patriots found a way to resign him because he is so good. Mm-hmm.
0: I'm, uh, I think we've all kind of seen that it's, it's pretty tough to trade a quarterback in our league, which is so weird because in, like, another league I'm in that's only 12 teams – it's like impossible to get a quarterback in this league. Like every everybody's trying to sell the quarterbacks as they should, because like if you have three, four on the team that are good, why would you keep them all?
1: Yeah, um, uh, it, it it always goes down to the evaluations of your QBs. If you have like top guys, like in my case, I do, I don't need to bring a down, be a downgrade, and trade one of my top guys unless I get an offer that blows me away, and people. And in this league and other leagues, too, they value QBs differently. And you should be trying to sell high if you have some top guys. Um, yeah, it's it's tough. And when you have Randy with Russell Wilson and Cam Newton, myself with Dak and Kyler, like all four of those guys are every week starters. And there's plenty of other teams that have multiple every week starters as well. It's just, it's tough.
0: Saints lost they lost to the Raiders in Las Vegas on this Monday you know who else lost those coaches paychecks <laughs> all that money went straight to the fines not wearing masks correctly at what point are they just gonna stop doing this chin-strap garbage and just wear the mask
1: yeah I mean um, you see it at school too when kids kids think that kids think that uh, having their their masks on their chin is the thing to do and uh, while they're getting some good uh examples from the nfl head coaches yeah they're going to be paying quite a bit uh hopefully they start realizing that they actually have to wear their masks
0: no i thought raiders actually looked pretty solid that offense was was working on all cylinders Derek carr looked actually really good drew Brees, on the other hand looked absolutely washed up in my eyes I don't know. He, I, I know Michael Thomas isn't there, and you know you could use that as an excuse, but he did not look even remotely good. See, I didn't see much of this game, but I,
1: from what I've heard and from what you've said and others have said, he does not look good this year. Uh, he looks, you, you have, he looks washed, and I, I agree. He, he's been incredible for so long, and he set so many NFL records, but it looks like he just hung on a year too long. He doesn't have it right now. And it sucks because the Saints have a roster that's Super Bowl ready. Yeah, But right now, they're kind of being held back by their quarterback.
0: The good thing about having Kamara is they can run the ball, and he's so good that they may need, not even need to depend on Drew Brees that much. Okay. And even still, they have Taysom Hill and Jalen Winston,
1: yeah. who could be better starting than that.
0: Oh, my gosh. So on Chris Long's podcast today, they were talking, they're like, okay, if like Drew Brees continues to struggle, Can we see Jameis at some point during the season? I thought that was wild, but also, I mean, is it? (laughs) I mean, but also at the same time as Drew Brees. it could be his last year. What's the point of putting him on the bench? But it would be like an Eli Manning situation of last year where they put him on the bench for Daniel Jones.
1: Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Time for that weekly Adam Gaze update. Absolute trash. Things haven't changed. Uh, Frank Gore is now the guy there in New York. In addition to that, uh, even in a week in which they were down of two wide receivers, uh, I think two offensive linemen, um, and a running back and Le'Veon Bell, Chris Herndon is not featured at all. He is by far their most talented player on the field. (laughs) I think he had one catch for like two yards. And Adam Gaze, once he's gone... I say it all the time. I think Sam Darnold has really gotten the shaft in New York. Um, I know a lot of people will say, like, oh, he's trash. Well, you have no offensive line. However, on the other hand, though, have you heard about Makai Beckton so far? I have not, no. He's absolutely destroying people, like just completely pancaking everybody. Uh, Joe and I were kind of talking about that as well. He's been by far the biggest bright spot of that team. Uh, he was kind of a raw project from Louisville. He's a monster of a human being. But at, when we're done talking here, you got to go look up Makai Becton's like, pancake stats so far. It's crazy as a rookie. But the All Jets, right. man, they look horrible. They basically had a practice squad this week. They uh, Braxton Berrios was their second wide receiver. Chris Hogan's out there. Uh, Prashad Perriman, who is now hurt. So who the heck knows who's going to be on that team now? Like, well, I they
1: also know. lost They lost to a team that lost its top two defensive ends, its top two running backs, its top two receivers, its QB, um, and the 49ers still kicked their ass. <laughs> so the Jets are bad.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm curious if they get the number one pick. I would assume they got to take Lawrence, right, even with Darnold being there?
1: That, then because the Jets are so bad as a team, they could probably get a haul for that number one pick yeah. if someone wants to trade up and get Lawrence.
0: Their GM's actually not that bad from what I like. Back sounds a couple like.
1: spots and get a couple extra Who? Yeah. their GM. Yeah, I that would be a good that would be a good play for them.
0: Tannehill looks really, really good. Um, I know he's played some some rough defenses, including the Vikings. <laughs> so uh yeah, they Titans look really solid, but they're also winning in, like, quiet fashion. Vikings, their defense is so bad. Kirk Cousins was horrible. He had a passer rating of zero for most of the game. I didn't even know that was possible.
1: Yeah, um, the Colts The Colts look good. Um, getting, Jonathan Taylor looks like the legit top back of um, the rookie class, which, I, I mean, as a biased Badger fan going into the year, I thought he was. Uh, but CEH just landed in a better spot. Um, the Colts' defense was incredible. Uh, don't forget the power of the Rex Specs. Rodrigo <laughs> Blankenship killing it. Um, yeah, the Vikings don't look good. The Vikings uh, tried to retool and still compete, and they're not competing. So.
0: <laughs> so, yikes. So after faking an injury last week, Fat Randy actually did not miss a field goal this week for the first <laughs> Cincinnati. They kept him. And, uh, yeah, he did not miss a field goal. So, He'll be around for some time. Shout out Fat Randy. Uh I'm, Congrats, gonna, Randy. <laughs> I'm gonna throw on some uh some sad music here. Uh for two reasons. First of all, Denver Broncos. Sorry, my team. Just kidding. Rival in the division. Uh Drew Locke, gone. Cortland Sutton, gone. Von Miller, gone. What Phil Blinsey, gone. What's next?
1: I don't know. They, they just, they're just they the walking wounded right now. Um, them and the 49ers, they're, they've been hit the hardest with the injury bug. And the Broncos couldn't afford that. With their entire starting lineup healthy, they had a chance to at least try to make some noise in the AFC. With their walking wounded, they, they don't. And it'll just be a rebuilding year again for them.
0: I also wanted to keep the, the sad music going here. We did have one trade this week. Shout out duplicate player was traded for a sixth round pick 2022 right yep so justin sent a 2022 sixth round pick to will for duplicate player can you please give the listener some details of why you did that move
1: yep so logan and i are in a league with our significant others my fiance and his girlfriend um and we make like a it's just a four team league and it's a crazy league where you have like three starting qbs about four or five running backs, four or five wide receivers. I don't know the exact roster size, but it, it's insane. We play like 20 players each week. Um, and we make just fun side bets um, for every matchup so far. We're, we'll work on the side bets yet for this one's coming up. But we made a bet. Well, Logan came up with it, and I agreed to it, that whoever lost this week in our matchup had to send a sixth-round pick to Will for duplicate player. And Logan pasted me so I sent my 6th round pick from next year for duplicate player and I had him last on my roster for about 12 hours until I tried to make a waiver claim where I had to drop two players um, to make the claim and I'm like what the hell and then I realized duplicate player was still on my team and he was immediately dropped. And we will not be making another bet for that, so Will will not get another asset once he picks him up again for the third time, because I know that he will.
0: Yeah. So goodbye, duplicate player, once again. He's he's gone, but never forgotten. He keeps coming back into our lives.
1: Can never be duplicated again.
0: All right. Let's talk about some waivers. So waivers ran today. Uh, the big one was Dion Lewis. I who who got him? Was it Tyler? Tyler, yeah. Okay, so $48 spent. Don't know how much total he has. Ugh, I, I think that's an overpay because they just picked up Devontae Freeman. But Deont- or obviously Devontae Freeman not going to be familiar with the system at the moment. So maybe it could be like a one-week type play if Tyler starts him. May- also, maybe Devontae Freeman's not even that good. Maybe he's out of football shape. So we'll see what happens there. I thought that was a bit of an overpay, but we'll see what all happens.
1: All right definitely agree with that um i thought i put in a i think i put in a bid for about mid-20s uh i thought even that was a little high for myself so when i saw that he went for 48 i was like okay i I don't need to spend almost half my budget on dion lewis i think he's a good player and they lost saquon but i also think with devon uh freeman and wayne gallman in the picture i I don't know if i'd spend 48 dollars on um dion lewis
0: I picked up uh, Drew Sample. I'm so pissed about this. So Randy put in a bid for zero. Ryan put in a bid for one buck, um, but and I put in a bid for thirty-two dollars. So uh, yeah, definitely a lot more. <laughs> but um, so the reason behind me signing this player is uh, right now I have Ian Thomas as my third tight end, and then I have Chris Herndon, and really Chris Herndon's uh, coached by Adam Gase. Only reason that not producing and then also Ian Thomas has done like nothing. So I didn't necessarily feel comfortable with dropping him right now cuz I know Greg Olsen's always been really involved with Carolina. So I picked up Drew Sample. Uh, I know that a lot of people, I know the footballers especially have been hyping up uh Drew Sample. Their their waivers ran during their show today and they like stopped because um Andy I think dropped like $42 on him and then uh Mike actually dropped Forty-nine dollars on him in their waivers. They ran. They always run during the show. So they were talking about that for a while. Um, and I like Drew Sample. Uh, he's obviously the guy there with CJ Uzoma being out for the season. Just kind of a prospect play. Looking at his age here, he is uh, 24, so young. And uh, we'll see. We'll see. It looks like Joe Burrow really likes using the tight end just by looking at uh, Uzoma's. Usage as well as samples in week two. Moving on, then we got uh, Randy dropped fifteen dollars on Dalton Schultz. He is the new, new starter with Dallas, and Blake Jarwin is also on his team, but on his IR. There was three bids. So those slides put in a three dollar bid, and Stirk put in a zero dollar bid. I want to backtrack quick to the Dion Lewis. Uh, the second highest was Randy with thirty six. So Tyler outbid him by twelve bucks. You put in a bid of twenty one, and then D seventeen dollars and Stirk with a zero dollar bid, so uh, it doesn't look like it was that much of an overpay in terms of the competition that he had. Yeah, which I mean, good
1: for good for them. I guess it wasn't too much of an overpay, but uh, in my opinion, I wouldn't pay him that much.
0: All right, I got some breaking news for you guys. If you haven't already seen it on D roster, so Justin, you actually found this and you told me about it tell the listeners about this disturbing thing that you found
1: um yeah for some reason Danny has first of all he's rostering two kickers in a dynasty league um i you only the only time that it's in my opinion acceptable and I don't think you agree with this to roster two kickers is when your kicker is on bye, if you no. have like one of the top ones you oh. don't agree with that I do um but at the same time Danny is currently rostering a kicker that is not on active NFL roster. Hmm. Matt Gay, going into the year, looked like he was going to be the Buccaneers' kicker. Um, he did not make, did not win, win the job. He was cut. He's on a practice squad. I don't know which team right now. But I, I saw the sleeper report and I came out and it said it was a top bench warmer for a kicker. And I looked and I'm like, why in the world is there even a bench warmer for a kicker? <laughs> and saw that Danny has a r- kicker that is not rostered. So Danny, what are you doing?
0: a really disturbing thing is about my hometown dynasty league we are a 10 team league there are seven teams with a backup kicker including one guy he went back-to-back rounds it was like eight and nine tucker and butker absolutely bad i don't understand why people are rostering two kickers i know my friend guedes he has one on the taxi squad because he has a rookie i'm slightly okay with that because he didn't have any other rookies that he was going to put on his taxi but like i don't understand why people roster two kickers in any league but i know that with dynasty it's a little more acceptable uh but no i'm just gonna say no okay so <laughs> danny picked up Mo Alley cox for 11 dollars. i'm kind of interested to see if when jack doyle's healthy if Mo Alley cox loses his role but he was <laughs> really good this week so He may stick around and be in that role, even with Jack Doyle healthy. We'll see. Uh, He put an $11 bid in. I put an $8 bid in. As much as I just was, like, talking about
1: I don't understand what Danny's doing with Matt Gay, Moelle Cox pickup was a really good pickup. That
0: was a good move by Danny. Will picked up Zach Pascal for $10 and dropped Greg Ward. Um, Zach Pascal had a 10.9-point performance. I actually don't mind this pickup at all because Pierce Campbell's gonna be out for extended time in the slot and Zach Pascal is a slot guy. Last year he was actually really good with injuries as well. Yeah. Solid pickup. Moving on to Jeff Wilson. I picked up my name is yep for nine dollars. <laughs> the next closest was Stirk Daddy was zero dollars. Um, just a prospective ad to see how long that these 49ers running backs are out. Just a nice step piece. If I need one. Will picked up Micah Kaiser, linebacker with the Rams. Oh, my God, he had 16.5 points last week. Uh, He spent $8 on him, but no one else bid, and he dropped Dre Greenlaw from San Francisco.
1: I mean, yeah, Micah Kaiser, I I look at some of the descriptions, and they're like, well, without Corey Littleton, Micah Kaiser is a young guy who is going to rack up fantasy points. Okay. Good pickup. I mean, he might have overpaid a little bit, but good pickup, I guess.
0: So I picked up Jeff Driscoll. Arthur, I have a plan. And I dropped Tyrod Taylor. Uh, good riddance on that one. I spent $7. I have no clue why I did it outside of just having a starting quarterback to add with Tannehill. So now I got three quarterbacks. I don't understand that one. Yeah. You
1: I, you didn't need Jeff, Jeff Driscoll at all, and I don't know why you spent money on that one. I'll, I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Is what it is. Moving on. Will picked up <laughs> How much money do you have left in your waivers right now? What's that? How much money do you have left in your fab right, All right now? Let's take a peek here. I have eighty two dollars. Damn. Like even with
1: a thirty two dropping on one player, nine on another, seven on a guy you didn't need. Okay. All right. But I guess you must have saved a bunch from last year in the off season then.
0: yeah Um okay, so I didn't really spend any in this offseason, so that's probably a big reason why. Okay, so Will dropped Dan Bailey. He picked up Tyler Bass from the Bills. Zero dollar bid. Good low risk obviously in reward. I texted him because he said he was going to be getting a new kicker. I said if it's who I if I s if it's who I hope it is, fuck yes. And it wasn't who I hoped it was. I know you know who I'm thinking of. It's your guy.
1: Power of the Rex specs baby. <laughs> Rodrigo Blankenship.
0: So he didn't pick that guy up. Uh, moving on, then, he dropped Nathan Gary, linebacker for the Eagles, and he picked up a guy he had in the offseason who, when we went through projections, was projected to be one of the highest-scoring IDPs on his team, Devondre Campbell. So welcome back, Devondre. He then also dropped Mohamed Sanu, and picked up his guy, Marlon Humphrey. I also thought it was interesting. Remember how much he was hyping up Marlon Humphrey? And then he dropped him.
1: Yep, and now he's back. And no one touched him in the time that he was gone.
0: <laughs> <Really>. <laughs> so that, that's, that's something about DBs, that's for sure. Um, so those are all of our waivers. We are going to come right back, and we are going to talk about this week's matchups. Anash Lakman Rikmizala. Anavajakman Rikino Shora. Mama Quevea Fin Moriatihimai. What's he saying? He says yes. You shall have a golden crown that men shall tremble to behold.
1: But that was all I wanted. All right, so we went to, to the week two matchups. So I'll start with myself because it's first on my phone. Um, I am gonna start 0-2 in this for the throne dynasty league. Uh, I lost to Little Slads. Uh, Little Slads was rejected to beat me 174 to 170, and he ended up beating me 157 to 146. I had a really tough performance from Tariq Cohen, um, OJ Howard christian kirk like i had a lot of people in single digits but i was saved by dak prescott's incredible fantasy performance but it just wasn't enough uh little slads at jared goff go off for 20 almost 30 points um tyreek hill had 21 robert woods was in double digits terry mclaurin had 26 he had harrison butker with that clutch performance and got 11 from his kicker um I could have. I really had pretty much my best lineup out there. I still ended up losing by twelve, so it was a tough start to my season. But good for little Slads. He's in the win column, and he's one and one on the year. We move to the second matchup that it's on my listed, um, where my co-host on this podcast took a nice clapping from the top team. Uh, Amelia Clark fan, one ninety four to one thirty two. When you have the top fantasy performance from a QB and Russell Wilson with 43. Uh, he got a cookie from Nick Chubb with 26. Odell had 17. Dalvin Cook had 17. Miles Sanders had 21. Mike Evans had 23. He had a really, really good performance. I'll let you talk about your team. How did you feel how your team performed this past week? Insert cricket noise um okay so pat mahomes for uh bucks and sixes team had 31 points ronald jones at 10 uh travis kelsey at 24 deandre hopkins at 21 and he also matched uh one of the top kicker scores with 11 with greg Zerline, the new master of the onside kick
0: hey i just got back. Uh, what were you trying to say after I, I uh i heard you were trying to talk <laughs> had to open well, a new beer
1: um i i i said I was talking about your matchup with Randy, and I'm like, here, I'll let I'll let my co-host talk about his own team. And there was a 10-second pause of nothing, and I'm like, well, insert the cricket noise. Well, there you go.
0: That just shows how much I want to talk about my team from this past week. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: all right, we'll go back. So Logan is 1-1, Randy is 2-0. We'll move on to the next – the best matchup of the week where – Lefty is doing many, many backflips for his two 0 start, where he ha- had a victory of 184.22 to over Sturck, who had 182.58. Lefty had 36 and a half points from Matt Ryan, survived a tough performance from Latavius Murray. Uh, Kareem Hunt had 24, Julian Edelman had 25 and earned a cookie. Janu Smith had 24, C.D. Lamb had 17. And Levante David, another cookie winner, had 12. For Stirk, he had Josh Allen with the second best fantasy performance from a QB. I thought for sure Josh Allen was going to be a cookie winner until Russell Wilson went off. Um, Josh Allen had 42 and a half. Chris Carson had 19.8. Josh Jacobs had 13 and a half. John U. Smith had 11. Keenan Allen had 17. And Darren Waller, the cookie winner, had 28 and a half. We've um, Lefty is now 2-0 and can do some backflips about that record. Uh, Stirk is 1-1 with the Fuller House team. We move on to the next matchup, where Danny, the Fresh Prince of Hilaire, had a big victory, or 180 points to Andy's 123. Uh, Danny had great performances from Christian McCaffrey at 25.8. I hope he's able to uh, weather him being on the uh, IR now. Um Clyde Origilaire had 13. Stefan Diggs earned a cookie with 29.3. Noah Fant had 17. Raheem Mostert had 18. Now Hurt. Robbie Anderson had 18. Um Andy had some tough performances. She had Joey Burrow go off. Mrs. Burrow had Joey Burrow go off. Nice. Uh 30.5 points. Cooper Cup was also in double digits with 13, and Evan Ingram. Had 12 and a half. John Brown had 18, and all the rest of her players beyond her first cookie winner, Zach Cunningham had 16. All the rest of her players were in single digits. Where Danny moves to 1 and 1, and Andy moves to 0 oh and 2. According to the LMR, uh, I'm the second worst team, and Andy is the worst. Uh, we'll move on to the next matchup, where Cascade Bear Jake, the Bigfoot experience. Defeats Prince Palmer with Lamar and friends, 98.5 to 183.4. Baker Mayfield had 19.2 points for the winning team. And Jake, uh, Joe Mixon, at 12 and a half. Aaron Jones, the cookie, and the top scorer from this past week had 45.6. Calvin Ridley, another cookie winner, had 29.9. When you have those two guys on your team, you're going to win a lot of games. Uh, Mark Andrews, yikes but only 3.9, but he still was able to survive it. Uh, Deontay Johnson had a great game with 23.2. Cookie winner, Young-Ho Ku, had 17. And he, he had some good performances from his defensive players as well. Uh, for Ryan, Lamar didn't have that great of a game, and he still had 20 points. He's incredible. Um, cookie winner, Alvin Kamara, had 38.4. Kenyon Drake had half. Tyler Lockett had 19.7. DJ Moore had 21. Uh, Kendrick Bourne, he started okay 10.7 points. And DJ Chark for Chark Week had 12.4, with Zane Gonzalez having 13. Wow. Ryan moves to one and one, Jake is two and oh. And the final matchup of the week, another very, very close one. Um, Will was rejected to lose by 24 to Spaceballs, ended up only losing by four 164.44 to 160 even. Spaceballs had 22.2 points with from Ben Roethlisberger, 22.2 points from Ezekiel Elliott, sensing a theme. Mark Ingrams had 15.7. Hunter Henry had 14.3. Tyler Boyd had 20.2. Justin Tucker, the best kicker in the league, had 16. Uh, and then he had Devin White have 14 as well. For Will, he had started Aaron Rodgers, who had 23.2 points. Austin Eckler at 18.5. James Robinson, what a waiver pickup going into this that week one. He had 21 in his starting lineup. DK Metcalf had 19.2. The Immortal Larry Fitzgerald had 12. TJ Hawkinson at 10. Adam Humphreys at 15.8. David Moore, uh, a late starter decision, had 13.8. And then unfortunately, he started Nick Bosa, who had zero before he tore his ACL. But he did earn a cookie with Antoine Winfield, the rookie, with 15 and a half. Will moves to 0-2, Spaceballs moves to 1-1. and 1. And that was week two in For the Throne Dynasty uh, Football League.
0: Anything to add to that, Logan? No, just another wild week that uh, Tyler Spaceballs' matchup came right down. No, oh, sorry, Tyler Stirk came right down the matchup. Right down to the end with uh, Darren Waller and and uh, Todd G- or Jesus I cannot Darren Waller and Josh Jacobs versus Latavius Murray who was doing nothing at all, so it was just a matter of can Tyler hold him off? He ended up doing so, big win for him and now he gets Danny who does not have Christian McCaffrey. Could Tyler possibly start the year three and and0 after we were projecting him to be absolutely horrible? We'll see. That would be crazy. Yeah, we'll find out.
1: All right, I'll I'll, I'll let you do the preview. Uh, It was
0: was a fun week two. I'm looking forward to week three. All right, so here we go. Looking at some week three matchups, we first have the Madison Beer Fan Club against King Henry's Kingdom. It's a matchup of one and ones. Right now in the starting lineup, it looks like Little Slads is planning to start Ryan Fitzpatrick against Jacksonville tomorrow night. It is in Jacksonville. We'll see because Jags actually have fans that are able to do it. They don't wear masks. Quite irresponsible. On my side, I got Patrick Mahomes right now against Baltimore. I am, I'll be honest, debating on starting Ryan Tannehill against the Vikings' horrible defense. We'll see what I decide. Could I possibly bench Patrick Mahomes when healthy? Maybe he's projected 31 and a half. Running backs then. So Little Slads has Derek Henry and Todd Gurley. Against the Bears and the horrible Vikings D, I have Melvin Gordon and James Conner against the horrible Texans D and the very very good run defense from Tampa Bay. Wide receivers, he's got Tyreek Hill and Robert Woods. So that's a ooh. If Patrick Mahomes throws touchdowns to Tyreek Hill, cancels out a little bit, Uh, and then Robert Woods could have some trouble with Buffalo's very good defense. I got Adam Thielen against the Titans and DeAndre Hopkins against the horrible lines defense. Tight ends, we got Jared Cook versus Travis Kelsey. Flexes right now. It looks like I have Jerry Judy and AJ Green. He has Terry McLaurin and Devin Singletary on his squad. Also two of the top kickers battling with Zerline and Butker. IDPs. Well, IDPs are pretty much irrelevant. So with that being said. Sleeper currently is projecting me to win by nine points. Moving on to the next matchup, Team Backflip versus Fresh Prince of Hilaire. Right now, Sleeper is projecting a .18 point victory by Tyler, who is starting Matt Ryan at the quarterback versus Chicago. That could be tough. We'll see. They're going to have to probably play catch-up if Chicago can get on ahead early. But also, that defense is really good. It might be low scoring. He's got Daryl Henderson, who's going to be a starter against the Bills. That's the negative. Positive is Cam Akers is banged up. Malcolm Brown like broke his pinky or something. He's got Kareem Hunt against Washington football team. Good in that their defense could give up some points. Bad in that they may not need, be needing to play catch up. Wide receivers then, he's got Michael Gallup and Julian Edelman, who is banged up. He did get completely gassed against Seattle. <clears throat> he's got Janu Smith right now against Minnesota, who's also banged up. And then in the flex, he's got CeeDee Lamb and Brandon Cooks. Cooks is always banged up. On Slacky's side, he's got Drew Brees against Green Bay in a prime matchup. He's got Mike Davis right now and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire as his starting running backs, both against good defense in the Chargers and the Ravens. Wide receivers, he's got Jarvis Landry and Stephon Diggs. Diggs, I already told you, he is having an outstanding start to the year. He's got Noah Fant against Tampa Bay. His flexes right now quite the shocker, I'll be honest, about the first one. He's got Van Jefferson, rookie uh, for the Rams, right now starting against the tough Bills defense. And you got Robbie Anderson. I like that start, even with Chargers having um, some really good corners. So like I said, Sleeper's projecting a .18 point victory by Tyler. Looking at week three, then we have, or sorry, matchup three. Bigfoot Experience versus the kick is Ghoul Right now, Sleeper's projecting a three-point victory by Bigfoot Experience. Bigfoot has Baker Mayfield seat covers uh, playing against Washington. That could be good. He's going to have to watch out, though. At least that offensive line improved, or he would be on the ground all the time from that awesome front with Washington football team. Running backs, he's got Joe Mixon, who has really struggled this year. Needs to get it going pretty soon, or it's going to be tough for him. He did just get a new contract. Uh, he's playing against Philly. We got Aaron Jones against the Saints, which could be good because he's using the passing game as well. Wide receivers, he's got T- T.Y. Hilton against the horrible Jets, Calvin Ridley against the Bears. I'm curious who he gets. Maybe Kyle Fuller uh, on the corners, or maybe Jalen Johnson, who has had an outstanding year as a rookie. Uh, he's probably a top five rookie right now in the NFL. Tight end, he's got Mark Andrews against the Chiefs, who do give up a lot of points. I think that game's going to be a shootout. In the flex, then, he's got Deontay Johnson against Houston's horrible defense and Darius Slayton against San Francisco's beat up defense. Richard Sherman's gone. On Justin's side, we got Kyler Murray right now against the Lions. That should be an absolute lighting up. Then he's got Jonathan Taylor against the Jets. Another game where he's going to explode we got Tariq Cohen against the horrible Falcons defense. (laughs) Devontae Parker against the horrible Jaguars defense. Amari Cooper against the Seahawks defense, who can give up a lot of points. Logan Thomas going up against Cleveland's bad defense. This is looking real nice for Justin, I'll be honest. Christian Kirk going against the Lions. Kirk's been off to a pretty rough year so far. And right now he has Devontae Adams in his flex, uh, who may not play. I'm curious what he does and how he would rotate if... Devontae Adams doesn't play. So right now, Sleeper is projecting a three-point victory for Jake. Moving on to Mrs. Burrow versus Lamar and Friends. Sleeper right now is projecting a 31-point victory for Ryan. Speaking of Ryan, right now he has Lamar Jackson against the Chiefs. Amari, or sorry, Alvin Kamara against the Packers' bad defense. We have Kenan Drake against the bad Lions defense. We have Tyler Lockett against the defense of the Cowboys that can give up points. DJ Moore against the Chargers, probably going to get Casey Hayward is my guess. Mike Gesick against the Jaguars, that'll be a nice matchup right now. And then he also in his flex has Kenny Galladay and DJ Shark. Curious because DJ Shark has missed the last two days of practice. Kenny Galladay has missed the last day of practice. Uh, But Patricia said he is okay. They both may not play, which would be tough for Ryan. To beat Andy, that would be rough. But I think he has enough good players. On Andy's side, she's got Joe Burrow against Philadelphia. And then the running backs, Zach Moss against the Rams and Fournette right now against the Broncos. Wide receivers, she has Anthony Miller, who is coming off of a Goose game last week. Uh, He is playing against the Falcons, bad defense. Cooper Cup's playing against the good Bills defense, probably going to get Tredavious White. Uh, That's not good. Evan Ingram against the banged-up. 49ers, Nikhil Harry, who my gosh, he looks like he has something going right now with Cam, and John Brown against the Rams. So Sleeper's projecting a 31-point victory right now for Ryan. Then we have Spaceballs versus Fuller House, both 1-1. One and one. Sleeper's projecting an 11-point victory for Stirk right now, who has Josh Allen against the Rams, Chris Carson, and Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs is banged up. We'll see. He's playing against the Patriots. Juju Smith-Schuster and Keenan Allen, and then tight end Darren Waller. Flexes, he right now has Jerick McKinnon. Very good start this week against the bad Giants defense. He's going to be involved a lot in the passing game, even if they're winning. And then also David Johnson against the Steelers. That one's going to be a little bit rough. They have an outstanding defense. On the baseball side, he's got Ben Roethlisberger right now against Houston. Good start. They have a horrible D. Zeke against the Seahawks. Mark Ingram against the Chiefs. Allen Robinson against the bad Falcons defense. Marvin Jones against the Cardinals. Hunter Henry right now against Carolina. If George Kittle is healthy, I'm assuming he'll put him there. Flexes, he's got Tyler Boyd against Philly. And then Marquise Hollywood-Brown against the Chiefs. So Sleeper's projecting a 11-point victory for Sterk right now. Then we get to the matchup of 2-0 versus 0-2. Randy is 2-0. Will is 0-2. Sleeper right now is projecting a 43 point victory for Randy who right now has Russell Wilson at starting quarterback. We have Dalvin cook and Nick Chubb as his other running backs, Julio Jones and Odell, who, by the way, Julio is doubtful for this week. So, um, that'll be interesting because guess what? Also, AJ Brown is doubtful, doubtful for this week. So ooh, looks like he's going to have to play Mike Evans. What a shame. Um, Then looking at his tight ends, he's got Dallas Goddard starting against Cincinnati, and that should be good. Miles Sanders and Mike Evans in his flex. On Will's side, he's got Aaron Rodgers right now against New Orleans running backs. He has Austin Eckler and James Robinson against Carolina and Miami, respectfully. Both bad defenses, not respectfully. We got DK Metcalf and and Chris Godwin right now in his wideouts. Chris Godwin's back from a concussion. Should be good to go there. Higby coming off a three-touchdown game playing against Buffalo. Don't know how that's going to go. Flexes then. He's got Keelan Cole tomorrow against the Dolphins and Adam Humphreys against Minnesota's really, really bad defense. Especially if A.J. Brown can't go. That's a nice spot start. So with this being said, Sleeper right now is projecting a 30-40 three-point victory for Randy Hope you enjoyed this week's episode. We are going to be back next week to talk about these week three matchups and anything else relevant to the For the Throne. If you're in the Gulag League, stay away from the Moondor.